0: Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Hey, produce people, welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly, also known as Lil Citrus, coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is January 22nd, 2024, and we are knocking out the Mondays, everyone, with only one more Monday to go. Now, a couple announcements before we get started today. I am heading to PodFest Global this week, Thursday through Sunday, to learn all things podcasting. Learn from other podcasters, celebrity podcasters, how to edit, when to post, and all things podcast for our industry, the produce industry. Also, don't forget to tune into our other shows, which is the History of Fresh Produce with John Papp, the Global Fresh Series with Juanita Gallio, and Fresh from the Field Fridays with Dan, the Produce Man of Aikian. Now, everyone, if you follow me on LinkedIn, I have been juicing. I have been eating all things Juicy Crunch Tangerines. Now, 60 days is all we have. 40 years in the making, 60 days in the taking. We just have a few weeks left of this craft-cultivated tangerine that it is, Nuclear Orange. Now everyone, this craft-cultivated tangerine is brought to you by Noble Citrus, so make sure to look out for it in the stores. And then February 1st, we have our first networking hour of the year. I know, everyone, you're thinking it's not January. We're going to have two in February just for scheduling conflicts and traveling. There was a lot of people out. Heck, I'm going to be out. So stay tuned. If you haven't received your invite, please go ahead and reach out to me. and We'll get you updated on that invite. Now for our featured guest today, you know him, I know him, it is Shay the Farm Kid. That's right, Shay Myers of Hawaii Produce. We're going to talk all things scammers, everyone. You know, the last week we talked about PACA, PACA Trust, and what to do if someone doesn't pay you. But now, what do you do if someone is trying to scam you? Let's get ready and hear from Shay and myself on some of the things that we've been through, some stories, and how to better manage your operations when setting up new vendors. So let's go ahead and get this episode started. Shay, my man, welcome back to the show. Glad to be here as always. Good Listen, the, the last time we spoke, I think you were on Capitol Hill, remember?
1: Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. On the
0: podcast. Obviously, we saw each other in in person. Yeah.
1: That was yesterday, if you remember. Just
0: (laughs) yeah. yeah. I think I called you a couple of times yesterday. I even called you at like nine o'clock at night last night. And I felt like I had to. If you didn't answer, I was gonna text you. But that was one of the things that I was like, no, I I, you know, we talked about this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get it while it's still hot. So listen, man, there's so much going on. It's the new year, but you know, something has been lingering, I would say, to talk about because something happened to you last year, which Some people told you not to talk about. I told you to definitely talk about. And we are now starting to see it more and more, not just in our industry, but the real world. And everybody, you saw the episode details. Scammers are real, right? This is a real, real thing. And these people are making careers off of being scammers. No difference, and Shay, you're going to laugh at this one, no difference than the guy standing, I can't even call him a bum anymore because they're not bums. These are people standing on the side of the road asking for money, and then they just go home and pay their bills.
1: Yeah, it's a profession. Yeah.
0: It's, It's a, right. And they said the average homeless person that asks for money makes an average of almost twenty-eight dollars to $32,000 a year by standing on the streets collecting money. So almost $18 shows, yeah. an hour. No. How
1: many hours, yeah, I was going to say, how many hours are they working?
0: Well, you got to remember, I mean, listen, probably daylight, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, they don't have to get up at a certain time, Shay. You know, they're not waking up at eight o'clock and getting ready.
1: <laughs> yeah, but the good so, ones are because they're making rush hour in the morning. Yeah,
0: right. I was going to say, like, you know, or and better yet, as bad as this is, Or the moms and fathers that are sitting out there with their kids now. Please help. Need this. But then you watch them and then they go home and they're going in a car somewhere. But scammers, obviously, and then we can even tie that in, Shay, to being like, dude, that also could be where the economy is today, right? No one's, making enough money to survive, I think. I think there's a lot of people out there that aren't, but we're not gonna concentrate on that today. Inflation is a whole nother conversation that we're gonna Absolutely. have later. That's a, that's a rabbit talk, hole. Yeah, account. it is. And I think that's a good conversation to have later, but let's talk about this scam incident that happened. Uh, you know, I want you to kind of, you know, walk through, let our listeners know kind of what happened on a broad overview. And then, you know, we'll get a little granular and then we'll add some things in on, you know, maybe how we fact check and things. So let's talk to our
1: listeners about what happened. What was this case that happened to you last year? So I'm online, right? Uh, People know me already between Instagram. You're kind of a big deal. and, And, you know, like people reach out because they know me, right? Via email, text message, DMs or whatever. And it happens fairly often. And 90, in fact, I've never had a scam like this occur in all the times that people have reached out i've loved being able to you know share our story on social media but In this case, we got an email and said, Hey, someone's like, Hey, and I'm always more skeptical of email, obviously, than a lot of other things, because my inbox is full of junk. And I'm used to seeing spam. I'm a kid that, you know, grew up in that era when when spam was like the new thing, what we got was an email to one of our email addresses for sales with an inquiry, like, Hey, we're looking for onions. And we've seen you online. This is my name. This is my company. This is my information. Can I name the company? Should I talk about it? I guess I already did. I think you should. I mean, at the yeah, end of the so, day, listen, if Kraft Heinz yeah,
0: wants to call me and yeah. talk about it, please let him
1: call yeah, think, me and I talk, think about, we talk it. about it. So, the the, the the person, I can't remember the guy's first name, actually. You can go watch the previous one. Yeah, video, let's not maybe recommend maybe the DMC. first name. Anyway, but and it had nothing to do with the guy, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, it'd be like someone impersonating me at a Waikiki produce. So, the guy was one of the procurement managers for Kraft Heinz Foods. He had a completely legitimate email address. So, this is one of the things I know this is a nuance you're going to get into, but Like, you know, you can click into an email and get a little more granular and you can see where the email is coming from. So, you know, a lot of these phishing emails, you'll get an email from one of your coworkers or someone you think you know or that you do know, but it's a very, very similar email address. But when you click in, you can see that it's, you know, John Doe, 1231912 at gmail.com, right? This guy's email address was Kraft Heinz Foods. There's an S. That's it. In Kraft Heinz, their website is Kraft Heinz.com. But if you click the hot link, it would take you to a spoof duplicate email address. So basically forwarded that email or that, uh, that web link to their website, to Kraft Heinz. So that was legitimate. The email address, as far as the person, if you looked them up on LinkedIn, which we did. That guy was legitimate. There was a phone number connected to it, and someone you could talk to that was legitimate. The one thing that was interesting about using Kraft Heinz, however, and I know I'm kind of going all over the place here, guys. I'm sorry about that. But if you know the industry, you know that if you look up Kraft Heinz, they're not going to be on Blue Book. A lot of these, you know, Nestle's not going to be in Blue Book. And so that was the smart part because when we went on to Blue Book, we couldn't find Kraft Heinz. They don't exist. And so the only way you could do your checking was to send emails to. The guy and then he gives you an boarding email address to their onboarding department. They required all of our food safety documentation. It took like two and a half weeks to get fully onboarded. Can
0: I ask you a question though? What yeah. about Dunn and Bradstreet? Like that, none of that was given either. Like a deal. I mean, we don't I, really use Dun and Bradstreet. Yeah, but, that's the problem. I'm sure yeah.
1: if you did Dunn and Bradstreet, you would have come up with something. But with the company again as large as Kraft Heinz, like how are you going to find the person to contact? Now, in researching this post event, they had a warning on their website that there were you know people spoofing them and that were pretending to be Kraft Heinz. So anyway, we go through the onboarding process. Everything happens first. Pete, we get approved after you know that period of time. Time. The purchase orders have the delivery location and the guy's name and everything looks legit, right? I mean, stuff that somebody can do in five minutes in today's world if you want to spoof someone's PO. I've never gotten a PO from Kraft Heinz, so I didn't know what that looked like. But everything that was on there looked real. And we got the order. Fortunately, where they broke down and their scam was, and probably because they had no money, they had us pay the freight. So we got on and we paid the freight on the truck and we had a really vigilant driver shout out to the driver. So the driver made his delivery or, or was on route and then they diverted him. He let us know that he was getting diverted. That wasn't like a big deal because they had two locations to go to. He went to the diversion location. It was just in the terminal market. And when he got there, the guy's like, oh, you got the rejected load, right? That's where he went down. He thought the load was rejected. He did an inspection, just an in-house inspection. And that's how it went down. That's how they were going to make their money was by diverting a load to another location, selling it as a trouble load, making it a cash deal, and then walking away. they I mean, are walking away. Um, but the driver never left. He The load got offloaded, but the bills didn't match. He kind of gave us a heads up. And then the other piece that gave us the heads up is the emails that we were using started getting kicked back. When we get kicked back, or when they, they started getting kicked back, that made us nervous. We then double-checked the website. The website was then down and kind of everything kind of imploded. And so you could tell what happened. That was kind of the process. That's how the whole thing went down. So someone pretended to be someone that you could legitimately check out and look for on LinkedIn. They had a valid looking email address. They connected to a valid looking email Uh, website. They put you through a rigorous onboarding process and then they took your load.
0: That's, that's crazy. I mean, and that's what's happening in today's world, everyone. And again, like Shay, there's so many things that, you know, I've talked to a few people about this. Heck, I've even talked to an attorney, right? I've talked to even, you know, people within PACA, like, you know, where does the responsibility lie? Right. You know, How do we avoid these types of things? And I mean, there's no difference than I was talking, you know, I think you're going to hear this on another podcast, which is, you know, with me, but it was like, one of those things? But think about Walmart, like, listen, Walmart, love you. But here's the thing, the self-checkout thing. Did you know that obviously Walmart's like gone to almost all self-checkout, right? Right. And it's crazy because I didn't sign up to do self-checkout. And if I accidentally... Don't scan an item, or my hmm. daughter might grab something and just throw it there because they don't understand this. Like they think it's almost like fun, Shay. Right? They're like, yeah. "Oh, we yeah. get to scan stuff. Oh, you get the gun. We get to touch everything that we've been told stop touching." Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you know? As funny as this says, that if you don't scan something and that person stops you, it's considered shoplifting now. So now, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. sure, you got a you got like a point to where you're going. Wait a minute but I didn't sign up to, to self-check myself out. And I might have ADHD and I might just be like, oh, did I scan this? Yeah, I scanned it. Throw it in there. Right. And then now all right. of a sudden this guy or gal at the front, which sometimes at Walmart is not the sharpest cookie or the crunchiest, whatever you want to call it. Next thing you know, they're kind of looking and you're like, well, what do you mean? Like I already paid for this stuff. Right. But it's almost like there are scammers out there that will try to walk past it, right? There's there's these things that are happening within the global economy today that just sometimes don't make sense. And we're liable for all this, right? Like, think about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm yeah, liable yeah. for scanning my own groceries at Walmart and at, you know, other stores. We're not just picking right. on Walmart here, but I'm liable for that now. You are liable after checking their credit after going on and doing all these confirmations. So that's where I think, you know, th- there's got to be something else in our industry that there's got to be a level of responsibility, not by the grower. You're a grower and a Trust wasn't able to protect the grower, right? And Packet right. Trust no. encompasses yeah. a lot of things. So why as Owyhee Produce now has to do all of this work, they double check the credit, They double check the website. Scammers are getting that good now to where those types of things happen. Now, I'm going to throw another one at you. What happens if it's a legit produce company? I know 10 to 12 companies, Shay, that if they call my office and say, hey, we're looking for a load of citrus. I say, oh, we're sold out. Thank you. I don't get into an argument with them. I don't do anything because I know what they'll do is they'll take the fresh load. They'll get a USDA as soon as it lands. They reject the load, right? and then they returned you off a $28,000 invoice, they're going to
1: return to you $2,000. Yeah, no, that part of our industry has always been there, I think. And it's probably, I don't know, I didn't let you finish your thought though, go ahead. No, I mean, think about it. that that uh, That's happening
0: today, that's a scammer. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's, that's what I thought when I told people, like I, as I started realizing what happened, like it's always bad enough to deal with what you just talked about. And it's even worse now when you can't even verify or you have such a challenging, so it could be so challenging to figure out that you're selling to someone who could still steal from you. You know what I mean? Like you can be dealing with a customer that's completely verified that you, that called you, that you find on Blue Book and you sell them and they have a good rating. And frankly, they could still suck. It was the most enlightening moment in my career when we finally got ourselves to a place where we had enough uh, experience, we had enough years, we had enough uh, confidence from our growers and enough customers that I was finally able to say, no, dude, you're too much work. No, man, like to those customers that would just beat you to pieces, treat you like crap, and just be like, no, you know what? Go find your onions somewhere else. Like that was such. A, yes. I mean, that, was, that was a powerful moment for me to finally and, get there because for a decade that wasn't the case. It's like I took every order I could freaking get my hands on.
0: I do not do that. I, uh, you know, my dad taught me something very early on in life. He said, "Don't do business with people that you don't know." And, yep. and honestly, it served him well his whole career. My dad is almost 70. And I can tell you, I met some of his customers. You remember being in, you know, in the house with your dad and, you know, and mom when you were younger, and then you met these people. And Then 20 years later, they're like, Shay, I've known you since you were eight years old. Yeah. Some of those customers of my dad became my customers as we grew up, right? right. And that's what's so crazy because my, and then I remember having my own company in 2010, and I hired a sales rep and he was like what you said. He was like commission. He wanted to do it. And he got these orders and you know, it went to you know New Jersey, wherever. And it was the same thing that happened to you. They were in the Blue book. They were everything. As soon as the load got there, the USDA ate it, rejected it. Didn't give us the 48 hours to bring it back. We were a broker. And yeah. And then what happens is, you know, when I went back to like Shay and said, Hey, Shay, it was rejected. Shay's like, great. Pull the USDA, send me a QC report, right? All the normal things. Then it went over 48 hours and this client wouldn't do that for me. And now I got packed, right? And then I lost a complete invoice because now that company didn't pay me, but the right. grower still charged me for the fruit because they're like, you're outside of the pack your of terms and, and things like that. So that's what's so interesting about this. And let me read you something that was sent to me the other day because mm-hmm. I think this is very valid. So email marketing is one of the most powerful marketing channels out there, with 39% of marketers seeing email marketing as critical to their company's success. This includes cold call emails too. Hey, welcome. How are you doing? We'd love to do business with you, right? Your website isn't performing. We'd love to redo your website. How many of <laughs> those yeah, you get, right? However, though, just because email marketing is on the rise and it is being shown and clicked on by multiple people, that doesn't mean that all emails are good emails. Hence your point of what happened to you. Get ready for the mouth drop. Every year, there is over 8 billion spam emails sent by scammers into the United States alone, mimicking large companies that consumers are craving to do business with and the stronger the protection measures from the email servers, right, will then catch that. And both Yahoo and Google are now starting to respond to those demands. So now in 2024, so in October of 2023, Shay, Google and Yahoo announced new requirements for bulk senders and email marketing that you will not be able to use Gmail accounts or Yahoo accounts for your email marketing. You are going to be required to have an authenticated SPF DKIM or DMARC code which is enabled in awahiproduce.com so it's oh, got a cool. link to it and they also say once you authenticate that then anybody that is spamming right it's going to filter them out now right so at least google and yahoo are taking these measures remember their platforms are huge platforms gmail how many gmail accounts are out there right how many yahoo accounts Billions are out of there them, yes. right 8 billion spammers, right? So Yahoo has since expanded on a few of these points, right? Requiring bulk senders, marketing, even this. Your complaint level has to be less than 3% to be able to send email marketing campaigns. So if you get more than 3% of those people click that they did not subscribe, right. your bulk mail now will be shut did down. If you're not
1: subscriber. if you like reported as spam, I wonder if it's going to go you, through if like you, that If you things.
0: don't subscribe and you add someone and they then report it as spam, your percentage goes up and then your whole email campaign can be shut down. So <laughs> everyone, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from some sponsors and then we're going to come right back to talking about some of these requirements, what we can do to better ourselves and align ourselves. And I got one more story from 2018. That is going to rock the boat. So we'll be right back. Discover Orchard Freshness on Amazon Fresh with Arctic Apple Slices. Arctic Apple stays orchard fresh longer than other prepackaged, pre-sliced apples. This means less waste and no more half-eaten apples. Plus, you'll love the undeniable freshly picked flavor. Arctic apple slices are available in convenient grab-and-go bags in both Arctic Golden or Arctic Granny varieties in select markets on Amazon Fresh. Packable, snackable, 100% irresistible. (laughs) JGLC the place to be a third generation family owned and operated asset based company throughout their 60 years in business integrity reliability and loyalty to their customers has remained their top priority JGLC guarantees 24 7 communication with your personal logistics coordinator they offer competitive pricing without sacrificing services They operate throughout the United States and Canada. JGLC's customers count on them for dependability and dedication carried out on every order, every time. 60 years of service for all your trucking needs. Visit them at jglc.com for your custom quote. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. It's always great to hear from Dynamite sponsors creating Dynamite content for the produce and supply chain industry. I got Shay Myers of Hawaii Produce back talking about scammers in the industry. Shay, welcome back. Glad to be back. Oh man, listen, we covered a lot in the beginning and I I really want people to know that we're not just talking crap here. Like I really wanna emphasize that we're not doing the woe is me, Shay. Right. We're not saying, right. And I think that's what people say. They're like, you know, I had somebody, when we were talking about this subject Shay. they were like, well, it's not my fault that you guys couldn't get that done. Or it wasn't my fault. You couldn't verify. Like at the end of the day, these scammers, these spammers, you know, they're getting smarter.
1: They're getting smarter and it, you'd be surprised how many people reached out to me after I posted that. And they're like, Oh no, this happened to me too. It happened to me too. It happened to me too. There, I mean, with the same company, of, with the same company or comparable, throw the name out there just so in case somebody sees it, but like Darden foods, that was the other one that people were running into where they were scamming them in the same way. And they've been doing it to the freight. And that might have been where these guys started. A lot of the freight carriers are the ones that are like, hey, thanks for putting that out there because we got scammed on the freight. We did the load with these fake brokers, with the fake customers, and then we never got paid. I would have screenshotted those.
0: I would have screenshotted the email, the PO, everything. And I would have posted that on LinkedIn. The reason I say that is because do you remember when my Apple account got spammed. Do you remember me posting that? So I had, I don't remember that. Oh, it just happened last year. So I'm gonna be very, very blunt when I say this, there is somebody in our industry that hates me. So Apple, I woke up one morning, John Papp of Jack Vandenberg goes, what is going on with your Apple? And I said, what are you talking about, man? Because I don't look at my reviews. I don't look at that stuff anymore because I, I'm just here for the industry at this point now, right? So he goes, right. you need to double check right now. I had over 39 one-star reviews on my Apple platform within a 24-hour period. So I'm like, what? And it was like, blah, 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 blah. blah. A, B, C, D, e, F, and then that's how you know, right? Because right. when people are paid to do this kind of stuff, they just go on and they just right, but what's crazy is they were legitimate names though, right? Right. So what happened was I called Apple. Obviously, you know, calling Apple is like calling the president. Uh, you can't yeah. you can't get a hold of anybody. So what I did was I started reaching out. I started connecting with people. I started calling my podcast buddies, and they were like, "Dude, we actually have a buddy that works with Apple." We're going to contact with him. He gave me all the direct lines and what I need to do, right? So I have like an awesome connection now, right? So I went on there. They double checked the IP address. We actually have the, they linked the IP address all the way back to the person who did it. I know in this industry who spammed me, I will never say it. And I'm not going to, if it happens again, I'm going to publish what I just told you, which was I'm taking a screenshot of their IP address, their name and their profile and then right. everybody can decide hit hey, this person's fate. But legitimately, Apple told me you are being targeted someone that is paying for scammers and spammers to do this to you. How crazy is that one? That's
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a big deal. I mean, like I I know our carriers look at our Google review all the time. That's a big deal for them when they're trying to decide whether to work with us. And you ruin that review, you know, get yourself a three-star rating. It's going to hurt you.
0: Oh, 100%. I mean, especially in the podcast world, right? Because if I have a three-star, I went from a 4.9 to a 3.6 overnight. Overnight. So after the collection, after doing all this, Apple deleted every single one of them for me. They were like, this is wrong. We'll take care of this. We've identified this now. Every single one of these came from the same IP address. So we were able to backtrack it and see it. You know what I mean? Right, right. So it, it was interesting. And I think that that just comes to our point of the scammers. So what can we do to better ourselves, Shay? That, that's one thing we got to talk about because it is, there's no one size fits all. You know what I mean? Because we went through Blue Book, You know, they weren't there, right? We don't really use Dun & Bradstreet. But maybe, you know... In hindsight craft times. But right. looking back, you know, think about it. Maybe the next step was maybe we implement calling the accounts receivables and payable yeah. to carbonate corporate,
1: right? Yeah, like, what do you think? How, how sophisticated they were, you know, like if we had made a phone call, I, I think like ultimately, you know, we live in an email world, but a phone call or two or three, probably the first call phone call wouldn't have done it. But if we dug deeper into, you know, like probably AP, then maybe something different would have happened. That first phone call wasn't going to do it. So a little bit more diligence. I have ideas of how to solve it, but I don't have ideas with existing tech and what we're doing today. I'm not sure exactly what you do. That Incrustable looks really good. I'm just saying. I Nobody can see that, but I can't. Lunch of champions right there. Listen, uh, when, it,
0: when it when it's four o'clock in the afternoon, and that's what your kids' back. Yeah, to, yeah. What, what happened it. to
1: the produce guy? There's there's like a freaking box of oranges back there. i have been like four of those today, and okay, now right, I'm like, I right, need some peanut right, butter right, in understand. my life, okay. bro. Getting back to the subject, guys. There's ways to do this, but I'm not sure. You know, I mean, I wish I knew. I wish I knew exactly what to do. But certainly, the phone calls are how you weed these people away for right now until AI gets a little bit better. And this is probably not that far away, unfortunately, where they're going to be able to spoof people's voices and all of that stuff on top of everything else. Like we're coming into a real world where it, it could get really challenging. I'd love to think that it'd be nice to have like some sort of authenticator, you know, process. Like I send you a PO and you've you got to just like the authenticator app on Word or Office, if you're using it, you've got to have the code or the number to put that in in that time frame to, to validate the order. I mean, there's some simple things Double that can verification.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you can have to verify yourself on LinkedIn now, right? Because there's verification processes. Obviously, scammers are going to figure it out. But even this, like Facebook the other day, it was like months ago, not the other day. I had a gentleman, he's like 70 years old. He's part of the Entrepreneurship Collective down in Tampa. And he wrote me and was like, hey, Patrick, happy new year. Great to see you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, Joe, long time no talk. Like, never even talked to this guy via Facebook, Shay. right. And obviously, same picture, same everything. And I don't ever talk to the guy. So I'm just like, nice to see you, Joe. And he goes, have you heard about the new government incentive programs? And I said, no, man. And he works with Hillsborough County. So in my head, I'm like, oh, man, I wonder what Hillsborough County grants are doing right now. Right? Right. So then he sends me a link and he's like, click this link. He's like, but first reach out to my friend. And he copied this guy's Facebook page, another guy. So I was like, he's like, just see if your company's eligible for these grants. I didn't click on the link. I connected with the other guy and I was like, hey, Joe Jones of XYZ Company reached out to me and said I should connect with you. Immediately, the guy was like, hey, I'm going to send you a password verification on your Google account to make sure this is really you. Can you please sign into your Google and accept this? And I was like, what? I was like, what are you talking about? Right. And then I started like looking that up online, 100%, it was a scam. I then looked up, you know, the guy's profile. He had a double profile. Some scammer did exactly his profile. I'm married to this guy's wife, downloaded all of his pictures, had everything that was in his profile on their profile. And then I was like, I kind of want to click on the link now. Like, I'm like, I'm I'm like, the curiosity is going to kill me, right? Like, right. and I didn't. And then it came into Boom, 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 boom. Now they started harassing me. It was, why haven't you called us? Why haven't you signed up? Why haven't you done this? You're losing money for your company. You're doing, and I was just like, and then finally I reached out to the guy, took a screenshot and I said, hey, someone has copied your account. The guy reached back out and was like, holy crap, thank you so much for letting me know. That was on Facebook. And you know, once I clicked on that link, that's where the little rat trap, right? That little code gets embedded into your email or into your computer. Crazy. I mean, I mean, if that's not crazy, like I said, I don't know what is. And you're right. I mean, going back to some of the checklist requirements for like the bulk emails. So for example, use a domain you own for the front address. So instead of it being, and I'm gonna read the examples, DidoAgency at gmail.com, can't do that anymore. DidoAgency at Yahoo.com, can't do that anymore. Hello at DidoAgency.com. It's gotta to change to your domain now,
1: right? right?
0: Yeah. And if that clickable link doesn't go to their website, one, it, it's going to go. They'll put figure out how to
1: spoof it still, but it's a they will,
0: but Google and Yahoo are implementing these now. So, and that's what I'm going to tell you about the next story. But so set up your branded sending email, hello at ditoagency.com, right? Not hello at ditoagency.com via Shay at produce at gmail.com, Right. Yeah. So three, configure your brand's DMARC policy. What is a DMARC policy? It's a domain-based message authentication reporting system, right? So once you enable that, then you're going to start getting emails that are spam. They're going to take them and throw them out, right? So they're implementing these things. Match the domain. When's,
1: When's this really supposed to come out? Like when are they, I mean, are they doing it now?
0: Yeah, so I can send you the link. I can actually put the link to this in the podcast descriptions. I can send you this as well. And then, uh, you know, four, you know, matching the root domain. So then what's going to happen is AI is going to match it. If it's awahiproduce.com and then the email comes in as produce.com, it's automatically going to kick it. So if you got craftheinz at gmail.com, it's automatically going to kick it because that's not a real email address, right? And then the biggest thing is make it easy for people to unsubscribe. So that way, if they unsubscribe, they won't say, well, this guy made me do it. No, if you get added, it's okay. Click an unsubscribe button, have it visible so you don't have people going, well, he just keeps adding me and I can't even get out of this email domain, right? What this will do is it's not going to solve the problem. It's going to monitor your spam rates. That's what it's going to do. And that's what
1: I think is very important, man. What do you think? I think everything they do to help is going to matter. I mean, we got to. We don't need to waste any more time. I mean, that's what all of us do. Like, I, I can't even imagine. I, oh, I, I can't imagine. I, I mean, the hundreds of emails that I get every day. Like anyone that works with me got an email recently from me saying, hey, I got a new email address. Had nothing to do with the amount of spam. Had nothing to do with the scam. You know, I just got to uh, do I, Yeah, camp. no,
0: you're. I mean, you're right. I mean, and someone said to me the other day, you need to get, because I have the com, And they're like, you really need to get your domain. I said, but here's the funny thing, Shay, you know this, but my company is not called the com." Right. So my my company name I don't have a website for. You see what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of like I'm not going to do that because why am I going to pay for this email marketing, right? Or this campaign? I use the brand more, but I also have other email addresses that I use for the organization, right? And if I was to start com, which I own, right? It's just, I don't want it to be that way. And I don't want Patrick at Podcast.com. Like, you know what I mean? Being this, you know, really long one. So, I mean, this is happening. Hey, uh, more, you're, more by now. the way,
1: yeah, I just put that together. Your middle name starts with an A apparently.
0: Yes. Okay, all right. What does yours? What's your middle name? Mine is Frower. Wait, what? It's Roer. Yeah, uh-huh. what, Froer. Like
1: F O F R. It's a family name. It's a last name. Yeah.
0: What's interesting about that is, my son, who you've met, his name is Ty. Mm-hmm. His he's named after his grandfather's. Their last name used to be Ty before his papa got dad died, right? And right. then mom got remarried, so they were Mendoza. And but his last name was really Ty. So we actually named our son after the grandfather's last name, last which name. was Ty. Yeah. Cool. So that, I feel you on I'm that, man. On. I'm a straight Irish boy. It's Andrew, just so we're clear. All right. Straight all Patrick Andrew. So listen, one more story I got to tell you because I want everybody to know that this is real. So in 2018, I was working for a company that did raisins, right? And I said it like that for a reason. So raisin, raisin. So we were dealing with raisins from South Africa. A lot of golden raisins come in from South Africa, just so you know. A lot of raisins come in from South Africa. And so you don't send checks to South Africa. You do wire transfers. And so it was like my first Week on the job. I'm helping them with raisins. They're teaching me everything. And they're like, hey, you know, we need a wire transfer our South African raisin growers. And I'm like, okay, no problem. This was not me. We get the, the wire goes over. Awesome. Everything's great. And then the grower calls us and is like, Hey, you haven't received the payment. And I've got 40 loads of you know raisins that are sitting at the port ready to go to you guys. I need payments. Oh yeah. So we ended up seeing Someone did a scam where it was Mm -hmm. nationalraizin.com, nationalraizins.com. Our accounting department didn't catch that because they're just, they looked at it and it said national rays, And in their head, it was perfectly fine. This company wired $240,000 to a scammer in 2018. Oh. And I can tell you, I was the global sourcing manager. It was like my first couple of weeks, like I said, working there. And I just was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. This has never happened to me in produce before. And like I said, what we found out was these people just mimicked the email so well. The emails even had the logos, the the right verbiage, the company name, everything possible. And they got it. 240,000 that we were straight out. Insurance doesn't cover that kind of stuff.
1: No, gone.
0: So no, they didn't recover any of it. I only worked there for three months. And then I got back into Citrus. It was like a transition job from, you know, things that happened. Yeah. So I I stopped working with them. I went back into Citrus, you know, with with my family. I don't know what happened, but I do know they sold some properties and they did some other things in the future. But yeah, they were out and it was a big deal. It, It was, I mean, people were about to get fired over it because the details... We're lacking, right? Like you're about to wire $240,000. Wouldn't you pick up the phone? And I didn't do it, right? I mean, I didn't even approve it, but wouldn't you pick up the phone, confirm those details, have them send you maybe a fax, right? Go in a way that it's not coming from an email, man. So I think that this is a big thing to take away from it. From yeah, this, just, and yeah. especially
1: with wires, like in anymore with anything on, and, and I'll call anything that's wire fraud that. If you just that exactly that that extra step, these guys are are working hard to steal your money, but they can't get everything figured out. So if you just just take one or two more steps than you would normally, like if it's someone, you know, from the industry that calls you and you're doing your onboarding and you look at Blue Book and you send the email and you talk to someone, do one more thing right? Just do one more step. I think you'd get through and avoid 80 or 90% of the problems if you just did one more step. Call one more person. Check. I call
0: people all the time. I mean, no difference than, like I said, I've got companies in Canada that I do business with. When we cash checks, sometimes it can take up to eight weeks to actually receive the funds because of verification. So listen, again, it's like, we want to make sure that we enable you with the right tools. You know, with the I, I, I'm going to bash on us a little bit here, Shay, but with the millennial mindset, is everybody wants to just go to texts and emails? Stop. Pick up the phone, call these people, and if you can't get a hold of them, know in your heart that you don't need the sale right now. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm going to tell you. Take an extra precaution and say, "Hey, we haven't verified some of your information." We're going to wait about three more days until that information gets verified and we'll have that load ready for you. I guarantee you, if some things like that were said, you would have probably started to hear the, no, I need it now, or you're never going to order with us. And then all of a sudden you're like, hmm, do, I really, something. do I really want to deal with this company? Because if they're a produce company, if they buy produce, if you know, you know, because you're in produce, right? Yep. You don't even need to say it. Yep. And then you really forfeited your pack of rights because you can't pack of this company. That's yep. crazy to say. What would you tell our listeners out there, all of our people in produce that follow you? You know, what would you tell them to look
1: out for in the future? You know, I think I've spoken to most of it, but just making sure that your team is doing the due diligence, especially where I've seen it to be the most challenging for us is on the sales desk, right? I, 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 I love, Fortunately, I'm one step removed from daily sales now, and there's some advantages to that. When you're in the hustle of every single day, making the sale, you know, closing with that customer, taking care of them, trying to just accomplish that what you do, selling produce, when you're one step away, you have the ability to be a little bit more critical because you're not as emotionally tied to it. If anything else, just have somebody else when you got a new customer, like, and this happened internally with us, there was some skepticism, and we actually did a fair amount of due diligence that I think that in and of itself will be good. Just remember that those new salespeople, they want to make a sale and they're hungry to do that and just give them the support that they need so that the due diligence happens to the best extent that you can. I'm not sure what I would have done different. Like, that's the thing. Like, a, a couple more phone calls. That's what would That's what I was saying. Yeah, I agree with you. A couple more phone calls
0: will lead us in the right direction. So everyone, take a step back. Look at things. Have this in your weekly sales meetings with your people to let them know what's happening. Bring it up. Don't shut it in the dark. Do not say, we're not talking about it make sure your people know, empower your people to do the right thing and empower your people to say no. It's okay to say, hey, we're going to pass on this one for right now until we get you verified. We appreciate your business and we want to do business with you, but we have a process that we need to go through. Yep. So everyone, we'll see you in the fields and on the horizon.
1: You've been listening to the Produce Industry
0: Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new,
1: fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or
0: on the horizon.